Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Aloha to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga-Podcast brought to you from Hawaii. I am right here. Uh, I'm Manu Fed. Here's Stefan Bienkowski. How's it going, Stefan? Yeah, very well. Just so anyone who's listening to this on the podcast version, uh, just to let you know that Manu is recording from his hotel and behind him is a 3D topographical map of Hawaii with a huge You Are Here uh, typography and an arrow pointing out to just to let me know exactly where Manu is unless the sunshine <laughs> glaring off the room doesn't make that clear <laughs> it had to be done that background had to make it had to be introduced to the podcast um, you good otherwise still cold in Europe I'll tell you how cold I am, Manu. Uh, we are slightly delayed recording this podcast because the wife and I have just went out to buy a fire pit. Uh, literally, <laughs> something to start a fire. No, uh, not we're not we're not that desperate in the house. It's actually for some New Year's plans we have. We've got some friends coming over, and we want a fire pit for the garden. But uh, I think the people at the cash desk probably thought we were using it inside the house. Yeah. That's how desperate things are getting here right now because it's so cold. <laughs> well uh, if you need a relief fund people know how to find you uh brutally cold scotland <laughs> needs winter relief <laughs> that's uh, where we're at yeah. right now oh my goodness if it's any help um i have the sorest legs you can imagine stefan we did this hike yesterday and uh it's a old rail track that goes up this mountain it's a thousand three hundred stairs. Like the, the rail tracks are now stairs, and it's a thousand three hundred stairs. And Becky and I decided to do it in under thirty minutes. Uh, wow. Mission accomplished. I can't walk today. That's the <laughs> downside. <laughs> Every staircase I see, I'm doing backwards. <laughs> I'll that send sounds you a like some sort after. of punishment. <laughs> <laughs> the views were incredible, though. So yeah, okay, I, I'll send you the photos. You you can be the judge of it if it was worth it or not. Um, but yeah, uh, we have a lot to discuss today. So I guess we should jump right into it after this break. This episode of the Gegenpressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And is your Continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to promo code. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. That's it, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Uh, yeah, so Stefan, um, away from 
Actually, although mountains is a good, would have been a great transition because have you seen what Bill did yesterday? They lovingly recreated <laughs> Manuel Neuer's ski accident. <laughs> they sent a reporter to the top of the mountain, had him explain how the skis work that Manuel Neuer used, and then had him uh, show them the slope, which looked ex extremely harmless, by the way. Uh, and then he had to basically caveat it all with like, well, when we, when Manuel Neuer skied that hill, there was, it was a lot less snow and it was a lot more dangerous looking than what it looks now. And then he spotted, he pointed to a spot and said, is this the place where Manuel Neuer's career ended? <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, up. <laughs> it wasn't exactly a gritty kind of, scandinavian drama or murder mystery was it it's not like this it wasn't quite the staircase i put it that way uh it's just some poor <laughs> reporter in skis but you know what it got our attention so i guess job done yeah i watched the video today for research when i wrote because i, I wrote my sub stack this week of manuel neuer and his injury and i just like i had to include the link so when you read the article you can actually click on the link and watch the video where they sent this poor reporter to the top of the, he had to actually walk it up because it's the only way to get there and then had to show the skis and how it all works like built is unbelievable but anyways the bottom line is manuel neuer is out um for uh, well at least until august i know that he has said privately that he sort of wants to be like Lothar Matthäus was when he was in his late 30s right or mid 30s and come back from a major acl injury in Matthäus's case um mm. but it looks, I mean, there is no certainty that Neuer will come back from this injury. And it looks like Bayern Munich are doing what both of us pretty much said they should be doing, which is bringing back Alexander Nubel from Monaco. The, the, the agent confirming today that talks are now underway, right? But this is a matter mm -hmm. mostly between the two clubs. Um, but confirming that Bayern <clears throat> Munich do want Nubel, Nubel back. Um and I think this is, it's really, it's really interesting because it has a lot of ramifications, I think, because essentially, I think what's happening here is that Bayern Munich are saying, we're going to give the number one position to Alexander Nübel. And it's his to defend then when, when and if Manuel Neuer comes back. This is at least how yeah. I'm reading it. Yeah, there's a few things that kind of raise an eyebrow for me, I must admit. Number one. Uh, if Manuel Neuer wants to be like Lothar Matthäus, I don't know why he's off skiing uh, and hiking and doing activities that could potentially injure you. You'd think, I mean, he's not exactly like a model pro who's wrapping himself up in cotton bud in between uh, on his international breaks. I'll put it that way. Uh, so that was quite an odd comment to make. Um, and yeah, the other thing that really kind of made me laugh, and I was talking about this on Twitter as well, is that it was really interesting to watch the reports about Dominic Libakovic, the Croatian uh, goalkeeper, all of a sudden get linked with the move to Bayern Munich. I'm sure it's a complete coincidence the entire world was watching him play against, you know, uh, well, who was it before in the previous round? And then, of course, Argentina. But then Brazil. all of a sudden he goes, yeah, sorry, he goes from having a great performance against Brazil. And oh my God, he's a perfect, he's a perfect solution. And Bayern Munich have always had an interest in him. And, you know, this deal's almost over the line and then he has a bad game against Argentina and then all of a sudden the exact same report starts saying, well, actually, it was only preliminary scouting reports and it's not exactly going to happen and, oh, hey, look, there's Alexander Nobel's agent saying they've already began talking to him about bringing him back. And it, I just found it quite interesting because the the interaction I was having with Bayern Munich fans as I was kind of point highlighting these 
this kind of bizarre nature of the transfer window. Um, had quite a lot of them saying, oh, no, 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 Nobel's not right for us. Nobel's not right for us. Levakovic is a great sign. He's a great sign. And then even that's kind of tw- turned itself on its head, you know, which, of course, just the nature of football, I suppose. But as you said, the most logical solution to all this was that Bayern brought Nobel back. There's probably no clause in his contract that lets him leave Monaco early, but they'll pay some sort of compensation. And even if it is a sizable sum of money, it's going to be a lot less than it would cost to sign a player of equal quality in January. So that makes perfect sense. Nobel's a great goalkeeper. Um, I had some kind of people suggesting he hasn't really proved himself, which I find bizarre because he was obviously signed because of what he did at Schalke and I've heard nothing but good news from him since he moved to Monaco on loan. So I think, of course, look, any any goalkeeper in the world stepping into that Bayern team will have a lot to live up to to replace um, Manuel Neuer, obviously, but Nobel's probably as good a shout as anyone right now. Um, so, yeah, it just seems like logical sense to me. And whether Manuel Neuer comes back or not is a really interesting one. His confidence is fascinating to the point of maybe cringe to an extent. I mean, I understand that athletes of this stature and this success need to have that kind of confidence but and they have to say no i'll be back i'll be better than ever mm. uh you know on that number one spots for me you, you i totally get it but um we were he was kind of saying this after the world cup that he had every intention of continuing to play for germany which raised a few eyebrows and i wonder if that same pessimism or that same kind of confusion will be you know but b- bouncing off the walls at sabina strasser right now because they'll probably be thinking well let's just see how you got on man you Manuel, rather, or Manu, yeah, well, Manu, I guess, as well, um, and see how you get on and then take it from there. Yeah, I think that the comments, um, I included a lot of these comments in, in the text, right? And um, Sally Hamicic was it ended his holiday in the US early to come back to, to sort of deal with this crisis, right? In other words, mm-hmm. phone Monaco and to tell them that he wants his goalkeeper back. Um, <laughs> But it was also saying like the, the number one thing now is for for Manu to get better and then we'll deal with everything after that. Which kind of when you read between the lines is like, well, there might actually be repercussions still for for what happened. Um, because this is going to cost Bayern Munich a lot of money, right? The way the contract is written um, mm. it means that, he, that they have to keep paying him um, even after six weeks. Um, usually then the insurance kicks in, but in this case, it doesn't. So this is going to cost Bayern Munich a lot of money uh, for something that was clearly not their fault. Mm. Uh, maybe it's their fault for not putting this in writing, but um, but it's interesting because I think there is going to be repercussions. And it's also, um, and I make this point quite clearly in my post as well, that this is also a strategic decision now because the the option was essentially um bring back the goalkeeper that you have an asset that is currently gaining in value right i mean his market mm. value has actually gone up over the last two updates in league r uh, reflecting the good performances that he had in france he had five clean sheets in 15 games which is actually quite good um mm. so you have an asset here that's clearly on the rise at 26 those goalkeepers usually reach their prime right so he's essentially reaching his prime now so you have to make the strategic decision now. Are you going to bring him back and give him the chance at least to to keep get this number one position? Or are you signing someone completely different and then sell Nubel in the summer 
and then essentially mm. you're having to maybe deal with this again. And this is like the Leverkovich is of course uh, one example of that. But um, I think too, I mean, the Leverkovich story is interesting too because it was obviously blown out of proportion um, by by Oliver Kahn being present at that game for like a completely different matter. And him not, he's not even the guy who scouts players. That's that's Nepe's job. Uh, Salihamidz is his right hand, right? He's he's the squad planner and the one that scouts players and then ultimately also convinces them to join and then everything else is done by Oliver Kahn and the board. But so he wouldn't have even been in that decision-making process. What I sort of smelled here was that Dinamo Zagreb, his agent and the player said, oh, we can make a quick buck here. That's sort of how it feels because like we had people reporting in German football that, you know, uh, and this is obviously came from Leverkovic's agents, like, oh yeah, Bayern are interested. They have reached out, uh, all that sort of stuff. And I'm reading between the lines, saying, oh, please take him. And Dinamo Zagreb right away saying, it's like, oh, you can have him for 10 million euros. I mean, you could just see. And I'm making this hand gesture right now for those who are not watching. It's like people are like rubbing their hands in like already seeing the euro signs in their eyes, right? So that's sort of how I read the whole situation. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And this is kind of the crux of the issue I was having with some people on Twitter about talking about it, saying, look, he's been very good for Croatia. Don't get me wrong. He's been good for Croatia for a long time. But if you look at his kind of status in the domestic game, he's been a very good goalkeeper for Dinamo Zagreb for a number of years. In fact, it's the only club he's played for, um, if I'm not mistaken. And while he has the opportunity to kind of shine in the Champions League from time to time, and he certainly has done that, um, there's no way that this guy would be on any shortlist at Bayern Munich if the World Cup wasn't on right now. <laughs> you know, that's just the crux yeah. of the matter. That's what it comes, that's what it boils down to. So, you know, I wasn't really trying to criticize him as a player or his his, his credentials as a goalkeeper, uh, which he has shown at a World Cup. But there's no way that if we weren't in the middle of an international break or if we were, in fact, you know, in the middle of the, of the regular season and this had happened to Bayern or then, you know, it's not as if it'd be very bizarre if someone, if the club were then to turn around and say, well, actually, we're going to go sign Dinamo Zagreb's goalkeeper because you'd probably have yeah. most Bayern fans saying, well, why? What, what's the point? Yeah, there isn't one. Um, also, goalkeepers, are, you should never scout goalkeepers at tournaments because they can go through these hot spells that don't don't reflect at all their, their overall strength. I mean, uh, I, I think he had one clean sheet in Croatia this year domestically mm. that's not very good for if you play for a club that is essentially the most dominant in Croatian football mm. by a mile um so yeah I, I think we can put that uh, happily to bed uh which brings us to oh we could we could stay on the Croatian theme do you want to talk about Quadiol next Stefan yeah yeah it's a good idea so obviously off the back of this incredible world cup that he's had so very similar to the goalkeeper I suppose yeah. uh you know, there's been even more and more clubs linked with them. There's stories in England now that Manchester United and Manchester City have been placing bids for him and they join a kind of growing list of clubs that have kind of been relentlessly chasing him for at least 12 months now. I think Chelsea are perhaps the most obvious ones. Manchester City have been interested from the start. Uh, I know that for a fact, but not nearly as interested as, as, as Chelsea have been. So... I think this is also just another kind of, you know, whip around of um, attention and drama to an extent. Like, oh, wow, he's done so well at World Cup. Let's link him to a bunch of important clubs. And unlike the goalkeeper at Croatia, you know, 
of, of course, Guardiola's a, a player who um, already proved himself at, at RB Leipzig over and over again, really, for the last 12, 18 months or so. And yeah, it, it'd be really interesting to see what happens in January. Um, I think the really important thing here to consider is that you know Leipzig very rarely sell players if, unless it's on their own terms. Uh, and if it's not on their own terms, it's usually if a player's contract is expiring or if a club basically offer above and beyond what the player's worth. So, you know, Conrad Leimer will be leaving because his contract's expiring, but, you know, they're not exactly going to move on anyone unless they really want to. And I think something that might also play against any hopes that Guardiola could move to the Premier League is that it looks more and more increasingly likely that Christopher Nkunku will move, maybe not in January, but potentially move at the end of the season as well. Um and I suspect that Leipzig might be inclined to avoid any prospect of their two biggest stars being announced as as future departures uh, in the same month. So I don't think Leipzig are under any pressure to sell them. Uh, having spoke to people close to the player and the reporting I've done for transfer marks, uh, I'm not really under any impression that he's desperate to move either. He gets he he, he certainly appreciates the attention. I think he has every intention of you know. Um, playing at a higher level, playing in the Premier League at some point in his career, but he also strikes me as quite a smart guy. Uh and it's that kind of old kind of football manager thing. He's, you know, he's 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 uh he's delighted to see the attention in him, but he's not exactly kicking down the doors at Leipzig saying that, you know, he wants to move and he'll never get another opportunity to play for Manchester City or Chelsea again. So I I would I basically say I'd kind of pour some cold water over these reports and just kind of wait and see what happens in January. Mm, yeah, I've heard from from sources close to the matter that Leipzig are very unlikely to sell him in 2023 and that there's no exit clause. So, you know, as you suggested, like that would mean the price would be very high in the player, right? Um, but also Leipzig have no intention of selling the guy um, mm. because they, they don't need the money. Um, you know, their future is actually quite well handled, even though the passing of Mateschitz, the owner, um, may have ripped, some thought that may have ripped a hole into their budget. That's simply not the case. Um, and so, and it, it, also they will make a sizable amount of money with, by selling Nkunku. Um, hmm. So there's, there's just simply no need for them to actually get even more money, right? I mean, at the end of the day, they, they, they also need to build the squad. Um, there is some... I forgot the name of the Croatian kid that has been linked to them also playing with Dinamo Zagreb because they have some they have some sort of deal with Dinamo where they scout the club quite heavily. Um and there's been some link the names linked to a possible Guardiola replacement. Um unfortunately I don't have the name in front of me and because I'm on a trip I don't have a second screen. <laughs> um but the Dinamo Zagreb this this Dinamo Zagreb defender is supposed to be really good. And um if you go buy it they, the suggestion is that they might be able to sign him and actually have him sort of as an understudy. Would or it be Yusuf similar... Would it be Yusuf Sutalo? I think that's him. Yeah. Well, I'm. I have. I conveniently have transfer marked open in front of me. He's worth 18 million euros. 22 years old. That's him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for checking that. It's it's kind of hard when you don't have a second screen. Anyhow, uh, the idea. Wow, isn't isn't transfer mark such a isn't transfer mark such a handy and useful tool? Yeah, <laughs> it is really is. It has all the everything in it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was him. 
80 million euros center back right mm. um yeah it was totalo bang on yeah um so, so th- that's was... that's that that's a really interesting point actually because i would say the difference between nkunku moving on which now seems inevitable and guardiol maybe being forced to wait another year is that as we've talked about in the show in the past leipzig already have nkunku replacements in place you know they've already got a number yep. of attacking players at the club. They've got more already set to join in January, if I'm not mistaken, if not the end of the year. Uh, and although, of course, Nkunku is their best attacking player, they have the strength and depth uh, to replace him. That's not really the case with Guardiola. If Guardiola was to leave in January, it would really leave Leipzig with a huge hole in defence. Uh, so yep. that's another reason why I'd be very sceptical of any idea of him moving on in January. And, and as you said, potentially even in the summer, because... If uh, Leipzig were to sign someone like this Sutalo kid, they'd probably want him at the club for a full season before they sell. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of the idea. I remember, like, too, the, the way they developed Guardiola was really interesting, too, because they, they had him parked at um, Dinamo and then essentially paid Dinamo. Dinamo was able to hit certain bonuses every time mm-hmm. Guardiola played a certain amount of games for Dinamo. So essentially, Leipzig paid Dinamo for playing him, um, mm. and there, there was some really interesting undertones to the story that Leipzig have some sort of agreement in place with Dinamo to develop certain players. And um, remember, Dani Olmo came through there as well, right? Mm. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. But I I, I was told with some certainty that Guardiola will not be sold in the summer. Yeah. Only thing I really want to add to this is that from what I've been told is much like the Nkunku deal where there was no official release clause, there was basically an agreement made between the club and the player and his mm-hmm. representatives that they've got a value that they value him at and they'll be happy to sell him at that certain price. And that's what's happened with Nkunku. It would seem that Chelsea have met that. Uh, and I suspect that's what would happen with Guardiola in about 12 months' time. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why he signed a new contract you know, before the new season. That's worth remembering. So, yeah, I think, you know, I, <laughs> we don't want to be kind of uh, pessimistic to anyone who's listening to this and happens to be a Manchester United or Chelsea or Man City fan. But, yeah, I would I, at this point in time, I'd probably pour some cold water over this rumour, to be honest with you. Oh, those clubs will certainly try. Also, Man City don't need Guardiola. They got Manuel Akanji. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, let's, 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 let's not go let's not go down in a kanji <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> we should go to his former club though um, yes some good reports transition. that's a good transition isn't it um, it wasn't planned at all so there was some interesting reports coming out of Dortmund um, they may have found a right back which is something that we, we alluded to last week right um, mm. and this kid so Please excuse my pronunciation. I had to write this down. His first name is Lutz Harel, and his last name, I can do that because I have lived in the Netherlands, Gertruda. Uh, he's from Feyenoord. He's a right back. Um, the sources on this is NL1905, which is actually a Twitter account that has been really good about reporting it, has since been collaborated with other sources as well, that Dortmund are very, very interested and in actually close to signing this player. Um I don't know a ton about him, but I can tell you that he is really highly rated. Um, and he's mm. a right back, right? Um, yeah, which would go some way to fixing a lot of Dortmund's problems. 
Um, so yeah, yeah if, if it, it, it it takes a lot of boxes. Uh, like I said, like you said, I, I can't tell you a huge amount about him, but I think the kind of the nature of these stories that are popping up now. It certainly seems as though Dortmund are getting they're doing a lot of homework behind the scenes in terms of picking up a fullback because the reports linking them to left backs and right backs right now is are incessant, which doesn't suggest to me that you know uh, any of them are true or any of them are set to come to uh, some to come to pass rather if you use that term but it does say to me that like Dortmund are inquiring they're scouting and that's when you know that's when agents and club officials and players themselves start whispering to football journalists and that's why so like it's not so much that any of these any any one player will end up at Dortmund but you can start to plot a line between all these dots and see a pattern here and I think the pattern is that Dortmund are certainly on the you know they're out shopping for a right back and that pattern is um, also quite interesting when you look at the other name that has been linked this year, this week uh, to Borussia Dortmund, that's Wilfried Zaha. Um, mm. And I find this link interesting for, for various reasons. I mean, um, I think the original story is some build, right? That this is sort mm. of uh, something that Dortmund could look into if Mukuku gets moved on i am still convinced that the mokuku situation is going to be resolved sooner rather than later um but which also makes sense because wilford sarah is not a center forward at all hmm. i mean he gets advertised as one um he has the i guess the physical attributes of a center forward but he's he's far more wide right um which sort of kind of ticks a few of the boxes that you pointed out to out last week when we talked about Dortmund really needing a white player. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he certainly has played up front at times for Crystal Palace in the years, but he's far more useful as a kind of more modern inside forward, I would say. Um, and I would never suggest that Dortmund would be signing him as a number nine. He's, a, he's an interesting player in himself <clears throat> in the sense that, you know, he's a player who obviously was in Manchester United's youth academy, uh, left there and kind of rebuilt his career at Crystal Palace. And over the course of the last, what, six, seven seasons maybe, uh, he has been relentlessly linked with the biggest clubs in uh, England. You know, honestly, just about, you can go onto his, his, his page on Transfermarkt to look under the rumours tab and you'll probably, yeah. going back years and years and years, see, you know, Chelsea, Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, blah, 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 blah. Um, but he's he's made a name for himself at Crystal Palace. His his contract's now expiring at the end of the season, so that's obviously why this is all beginning to kind of come to a head. And I'd be surprised. I'm, I was very surprised to see Dortmund linked with him because, um, on the one hand, he is a wide player who you know they could certainly use more of them. But he's a type of wide player I think that Dortmund kind of already have a few of. I mean, he really reminds me of Daniel Malen, to be perfectly honest with you. He's a wide player, but mm. he's a wide player in the sense that he's almost like a converted forward. Um and you know I I must be, I must admit I'd be very surprised if Dortmund were to sign him with the intention of keeping Malin. Um, but I then did have another thought that he could potentially you know he does like to play as a number ten at times as well. I did wonder whether you know Dortmund were perhaps looking at a player who could potentially fill in as a number ten and maybe be a long term replacement for Marco Royce. Um, because he's yep. kind of got that goal scoring ability, he's got that kind of playmaking ability that Royce has. Um, and of course, if his contract's expiring, then it means Dortmund can kind of throw some wages at him and see if they can entice him to the Bundesliga. I'd be very surprised if they could, to be perfectly honest with you, just because he strikes me as a player who's very kind of Premier League focused and 
has seemingly been waiting for a step up in the Premier League for a number of years now. So I'd be surprised if he took this opportunity to then move to Dortmund, which whether it's whether it's fair or not, I think a lot of players in England would look at it as a kind of stepping stone to get to a club like Manchester United. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'd be I'd be surprised if he was moved to Dortmund, but you know. If he does move there, I I think if he did, it'd probably be a, a case of maybe moving on a player like Daniel Malin or maybe a long-term replacement for Marco Royce. Mm. And Daniel Malin has been linked with a move away um, this week. Tottenham apparently interested. The other thing maybe to add to Wilfred Zaha, he's on 8 million euros a year. That's definitely mm. affordable for Dortmund. That That's mm. definitely a wage that they can compete with. I mean, they, they paid Sule a bit more than that. Um, so, you know, this wouldn't be something that would be a stumbling block for them at no. all. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think that's... No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I was going to add to that um, was about the Daniel Mallon thing was that in my newsletter this week, I wrote that, um, you know, about how his form in particular has been a big topic at Dortmund's mid-season training. Uh, it's mm. something that Eden Terzic keeps getting asked about, something he keeps talking about. Uh, and I think it's something that's going to be under the microscope in the second half of the season because unlike Adeyemi, who you know is, has got youth on his side to a large extent, uh, and of course he's been given the good grace that he's he's still embedding himself at, at in the Bundesliga. Daniel Malen's now approaching the second half of his second season at the club, and there hasn't been a mm. dramatic improvement really at all. So. You know, there's only so long that a club like Dortmund can kind of sit around and hope that they'll make the money back until they eventually decide, right, we're going to have to start looking at offers for this kid, this guy, because it's just not working. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's everything we have for today, right, Stefan? I think so, yeah. Just to, say, just to sign off for the year, I guess. Yeah. Um, I have to mention, as always, our sponsor, Bet Online. The show is brought to them by them. Um, also, yeah, everyone who's listened this year, thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back, of course, very early next year, 2023. Have a happy new year. Uh, enjoy the holidays. What, whatever you celebrate, celebrate and enjoy it uh, with your family, your friends. Uh, everyone else that you may include in your circle, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, yeah, anything else we want to add, Stefan? No, just to echo your thoughts, it's, it's been a lot of fun doing the podcast and the newsletters this year. Uh, and yeah, long may it continue. Hopefully people seem to enjoy it. So yeah, um, yeah, delighted. Really, really happy with how things are going. So uh, thanks for listening and subscribing if you do. And yeah, we'll see you guys in 2023. Yeah. Frohes neues Jahr. Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean not a cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wall and drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wall wherever you get your podcasts.